toddler's ABCs. Athletics beyond coronavirus. Hillel Cutler's ABCs. Athletics beyond coronavirus. Hillel Ascribe Welcome to Hillel Cutler's ABC's Athletics Beyond Coronavirus. I'm Hillel Cutler, a journalist who specializes in both healthcare and sports. In this era of the coronavirus and the precautions that are helping to save our lives by limiting the spread of the disease, shuttered sports leagues have reopened in limited form. I interview people who are exhibit A of this sports experiment, the athletes, the coaches, the broadcasters, and the executives. I'm very interested in the effect on fans in most reopen leagues, few or no fans can watch in person. On this podcast, we discuss the very real here and now, and also the day after, when the lives that we prefer to live can resume, and when the sports we love return in earnest with fans filling the seats. I welcome your comments, including suggestions for interviews. Just email me at hk at hillelthescribecommunications.com. While American professional leagues have reopened, like the NHL, NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball, many sports leagues on the collegiate and youth levels remain closed. So what do athletes do when a year later they still can't compete on the field, the court, or the rink? Some have gone overseas to a unique program in Israel called Massa. In normal times, the program gives professionals a taste of their fields for a few months. For example, lawyers from France who visit their counterparts in Tel Aviv to observe how they work. Athletes can participate in the program too as a gap year experience in which they teach their sports to Israeli youth after the school day and even during school's physical education time slots. The program for athletes was modified during the pandemic shutdown. Because of the shutdown of their collegiate leagues and even with practices curtailed to avoid contact, American lacrosse players came to Israel beginning last autumn. The players lived in quarantine as a group, they underwent regular coronavirus testing, and practiced amongst themselves under the supervision of coaches and usually other American lacrosse players who already were in Israel teaching and practicing and playing the sport. Once the coronavirus vaccinations became available in December, the players were inoculated, restrictions began lifting, and players soon could venture outside their bubble. They're now back to teaching and coaching the sport for youth players outside the bubble, although coaching the sport on school grounds to younger players might not resume until the next school term starts in September. With me to discuss this interesting arrangement are two lacrosse players from the United States. Reese Gittleman is a junior attacker and midfielder for Smith College in Massachusetts, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is a sophomore defenseman at the University of Massachusetts. Reese has been in Israel since last fall, and Ryan is back in Massachusetts after spending the fall semester in Israel. Reese Gittleman and Ryan Fitzpatrick, welcome to Hillel Cutler's ABC's Athletics Beyond Coronavirus. Ryan, you went 6,000 miles away to the Middle East to keep playing lacrosse. It's, it's kind of an unusual path to follow. Um, what, what possessed you to do it? Yeah, I mean, I'd say initially, um, 
just the ability to go abroad as a Division One athlete. Um, it's not an opportunity that we're necessarily allowed to to do just because we're practicing in the fall. Um, we get back to school early in the winter. Um, so COVID kind of allowed me the opportunity to explore that abroad experience and um, be able to um, get out of the U.S. and experience something beyond um, what I was used to. Yeah, I'd say similarly, going abroad is definitely um, an opportunity of a lifetime. And like Ryan said, normally we wouldn't be able to do that smack in the middle of our college careers. And I actually wasn't able to go back to campus in the fall. So I decided to take a leave of absence. So I wasn't enrolled in college anyway. And so it sort of seemed like a no brainer. I wasn't doing anything else and seemed like great opportunity. I mean, had either of you been to Israel before? No, I'd never been out of the country. I've been twice also with Israel Lacrosse, but. So can you describe what the realities were like back at your home campuses before you came to Israel? What, what would you have been doing if you'd stayed during the pandemic? Yeah, I can start. So um, initially um, at UMass, um, fall athletics were canceled. Um, so that's kind of when I decided to go. Um, and then right towards when I was about to leave for Israel, they, uh, they got reinstated. So there's kind of like a short little period where student athletes and um, people who still had like in-person labs were on campus. Um, and that went from beginning of October and September to uh, Thanksgiving break. So you would not have been able to do any lacrosse activities at UMass? No, I, I could have, I could have. But you could have. So, I mean, what, what was your team doing when you left them? Um, they, they were practicing for like a, about two months in pods. Mm -hmm. What about you, Reese? What was, what was going on when you, when you left in the fall? A very limited number of students based on like special cases were allowed on campus. Other than that, there were no students allowed on campus at all whatsoever. So with that, there were no athletics. And even past that, our president canceled all sports like for the entire year. So there's really nothing going on in terms of athletics at Smith right now in terms of competition. So, I mean, were you considering this year had you stayed at Smith, were you considering that it would be a big loss to not have lacrosse as part of your, your life? Honestly, lacrosse was like a small portion of um, my decision not to go back to school. I like love Smith and I knew that the Smith that I know wouldn't be what it was in the fall and what it is in the spring. And so I mostly just didn't want to waste the year in general, lacrosse included, I knew wouldn't be the same. So what was the option if you had stayed? I would have taken online class from home and then I would be on campus in the spring, socially distanced practices with zero competition. The way you're describing it, you were not looking forward to that option. <laughs> no. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? What, what, what did coming to Israel do for you lacrosse wise and personal wise yeah i mean initially it was um 
an attempt to to be practicing when my teammates weren't going to be and um being able to, to play lacrosse um without all the social distancing rules and mask rules and stuff like that um but also as like just beyond that it was just a great experience to be with other jewish lacrosse athletes that i wasn't used to being around um and also just spreading the game lacrosse and, and um seeing lacrosse with different light necessarily not as not as serious as it would be here um but yeah i mean how did you find out that this was even an option yeah honestly out of the blue ian kadish um who was like the director of operations for the gap year emailed me um late late august um reaching out um and we talked a couple times initially i wasn't going to be going so i was going to be at umass and then um i decided i was going to do it and he's involved in the lacrosse program in israel Yes, yes, and he, he played at Amherst College, and he's also on the Mez, uh, the Mez National team. Mm -hmm. And how about you, Reese? How did that develop for your plans for this year? I had known Sarah Meisenberg, who is also a player for with the women's national team and a coach here. She's been really integral in the development of especially the women's sport here in Israel. Um, so I had known her from previous my previous two trips with Israel lacrosse and she reached out to me similarly at the end of August and she said when are you going back to school and when I told her I wasn't she introduced the gap year program so when when you told your coaches your teammates back in Massachusetts that this was what you're going to do how did they react uh, Reese? my coach was super supportive she already knew that I was taking the leave of absence and um She's always supported, even and I was debating coming home for the spring and it was kind of up in the air. She still was supporting my decision to stay here because she knew that what I was getting out of being in Israel was much more than what she was able to give me at school. And my friends were super excited for me too. Yeah, I'd say I was, I was only going to make the decision to go if I had full support from my coaches and teammates and um, they were very supportive. Um, uh, past player alumni from UMass, Isaac Paparo was on the team in 2018. Um, my head coach is Jew uh, my assistant coach is Jewish. Um, so I, I was I had full support from everyone, um, especially my teammates. And um, my coaches want me to make the most out of it, make sure I was staying in shape, playing lacrosse. So can you can you describe a little bit about what your lacrosse routine? in Israel under pandemic situation was like? In the beginning, it was, I'd say about 18 to 20 guys and Reese, I don't know how many girls, either 10, 10 to 12 girls. Um, yeah, fine. so day to day, we'd walk over to the, the training center, which was probably a kilometer from where we were staying in our apartment. Um, we'd walk over with masks. You, you were both based in the coastal city of Ashkelon, right? Correct, okay. yes. Um, we had to wear masks walking over to the field, but once we got there, we were allowed to remove the masks and um, we were kind of operating in a bubble. So we weren't really seeing outside people. We weren't going to many places um, initially. So it was kind of just us, just the gap year guys and girls. Um, and then we would go to practice, practice for about an hour and a half. Um, then a couple of days a week, we'd be lifting um, right in the field and then go back to our apartments. And you had to stay in the bubble amongst each other completely? I'd say for the first month, it was pretty just us. And we'd go to the beach, grocery store, um, and then back to our rooms in the field. And that was pretty much it. 
Um, then after the first month, we started being able to go on trips, uh, just us again. Um, rules got a little bit looser. Um, but it wasn't until December when Israel Cross brought in about 60 more Americans and uh, local Israelis for the, for the bubble, which I'm not sure if you heard about, the um, IPL winter bubble, which was pretty much like a little, little league that we had. Um, and then, yeah, it was pretty much 100 people on the field. Reese, you have been in Israel both in the fall and the spring semesters. What, what has been the difference in the experience in each semester as the situation has improved in terms of the public health? So in the fall, um, Ryan went over our schedule and then he, um, I'll also just add that at, in the nighttime, we would also have youth practices, which were, said they had to be socially distanced and we had to wear masks, of course. And since then, um, everybody or everybody who want, who chose to be vaccinated on this program is now, we're all fully vaccinated. Just got my green pass and, um, since then they have lifted the restrictions on the socially distanced practices so now the youth practices are back to completely full contact which we're really really excited about and other than that we have sort of been given a little bit more free reign to travel the country and we've gotten our bus passes and we're able to go into inside restaurants and things like that which we weren't able to do in the fall we're talking about two components of this program you got the lacrosse component amongst yourselves as college students. You've also got the coaching component in which you're working with youth in the country. Can you sort of break down the scheduling part and also the responsibility part? Like what is it that you do for kids who you're working with? What ages are they? What do you do with them? What are you expected to teach them? What do you assume that they know? Let's start with you, Reese. Yeah, so I would say, I mean, nothing is really different in terms of our practices from the fall to the spring. We're still, we're able to play full contact in terms of like the youth players. It, it varies. Sometimes you'll have, you'll have a seven-year-old who's never picked up a stick before, but then you'll have the 17-year-old who's been playing for a decent amount of time who knows how to throw and catch. So usually we have enough coaches. So by coaches, I mean gap year participants at practice to be able to have some one-on-one -on -one work with the seven-year-old who's never picked up a stick. So we'll pull them aside and we'll teach them how to scoop up a ground ball. We'll teach them how to cradle. And then we'll have other drills going in the meantime. And then we'll try to have somewhat of a simple drill where we can incorporate um, the new players in as well. So they feel comfortable. Ryan, did you have that opportunity? Were you working with, with kids throughout? Yes, yes, I was. I was. Um... Unfortunately, it was a little socially distanced, and um, I'd say sometimes numbers were limited, but I, exactly what we said, it was a lot of fundamentally based stuff, um, just because lacrosse isn't fairly new in Israel. Um, but the kids were, were really accepting of what we were teaching them, and they were really eager to learn, and they kind of held us at a high standard, so they, they did appreciate what we were telling them. Um, but yeah, I'd say twice a week in the fall, we were um, with the youth, um, coaching them and running little clinics. How did you know what to tell them? I mean, had you worked with children before or people who had not really played lacrosse the way you had growing up? Yeah, I mean, for me, um, 
I've volunteered coach my hometown. We have a pretty prominent youth program. So I've done that since I was probably 15. Um, and I also run a lacrosse camp in my town with kids kindergarten through eighth grade. So I've worked with kids who've never played before as well. Um, one challenge uh, was obviously the language barrier. Um, I'd say most kids, 90% of the kids speak English. Um, and I understand, you can understand them and they help us learn, we, we help them learn. Um, but other than that, it's very, lacrosse is still the same sport no matter where you're playing it. Um, so I'm teaching the same principles and teaching the same skills. I mean, did you each have to be, um, were, were you each given briefings when you started by the hires up to say, this is where, this is the baseline, this is where we're gonna start, these are the things we want to cover, or did you have to kind of figure it out completely on your own? Yeah, before before we even met with, with the kids, um, I'd say our coach and the girls coach, um, so Jake Silverlicht, um, he, he kind of gave us a rundown of what to expect. Um, in the first couple of practice, he kind of, he, he would take the reins, he would lead them, we'd kind of be on the side, just assisting where we could help. Um, and then once we kind of had the basis of what we, how practice was going to run, um, what we were going to teach, um, some certain kids would step up and run the whole practice from stretches all the way to every drill. Um, so we kind of watched it first to see um, what we should expect um, and see where everyone was at. And then after a couple of times, you kind of know where, where each kid's at. You start learning names, you start learning skill sets, and then you just teach what you know. Yeah, I'd agree. I say we were somewhat sort of thrown into it, but I think that for me, that was probably the best way that I could have learned. Um, and in the spring, we actually did have a formal briefing on list of 10 things having to do with coaching the youth players. So things were a little more concrete, but um, still, like I said, I think like the best way to learn was doing it. I wonder what the whole experience has given you. I mean, being being in a strange country, but doing what you love to do, which is the sport. But on the other hand, you're in this really strange situation in which society has kind of shut down and is coming back. Like what kind of what kind of challenges did that create for you as people? Just because it's it, because it's such an unusual situation. Yeah, I mean, I'd say for me, um, the whole experience overall was an introduction to like my Jewish identity. Before before going to Israel, um, I really didn't have much of a Jewish identity. I'd never even been in a room with more than five Jews. I'd say so that was huge for me. Let alone, let alone Jewish lacrosse players. Um, so that made that made the whole experience much better and much easier to kind of acclimate and get to know people I didn't know at all. Um, but yeah, overall the pandemic has has definitely been tough. I've experienced about five quarantines since I first went to Israel. Um, but I'd say go, going to Israel was the best thing I could have done during it, and it was an opportunity that I know a lot of people would definitely take advantage of in the future. Yeah, it's definitely reminded me to be grateful. Obviously, like we have our hard practices, we have our hard days, but at the end of the day, just trying to hold close 
knowing like how lucky we are to be here, how lucky we are to be playing a contact sport, to be abroad, to be in this beautiful country. Like Brian said, connecting with our Jewish identity is a big part of that too. And um, yes, try to stay humble. And I think also just, I know Ryan also experienced like having our season cut short the year before and sort of that being a wake up call and knowing like you never know when your last time on the field is going to be just pandemic or no pandemic. Yeah, it's really been a challenge, it seems to me, for both of you and, and, and others who have participated in the program because you lost so much of the spring semester of 2020 and then 2020-21 term, the whole term from the fall until now has been a challenge, which has changed for the better only recently, really. And I, I wonder if you see it as that you made the best of a bad situation or you always came in with a good attitude throughout, like it's just a ch another challenge to overcome just like on the field. Yeah, I'd say for me, it was a little bit of both. I think it was the best thing I could have done during a pandemic. I mean, people, when people heard I was going to the Middle East during it, they were like, wow, it, like, it's crazy. They were shocked. Um, and I was just, I was just happy to be, even be able to have the opportunity. Um, I was just appreciative that I could go to the Middle East and, and play lacrosse still and, and meet new people, learn new things. Um, and, and beyond that, too, I tried to have a positive mindset during the whole pandemic and everything. Um, still working out, still coaching in the U.S. Uh, during the summer and, and, and playing when I could. So I, I'd say it was positive outlook and just seizing an opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think that it goes both ways. I mean, I'd hate to say that I'm thankful for coronavirus. I definitely am not. But at the same time, if it weren't for coronavirus, I would have never been in Israel. And so for that, like I do have, I am thankful in some sense. And um, as sad as it was losing that whole season it provided me with this opportunity and it's going to make me that much more thankful to be back on the field with my team at smith when hopefully knock on wood i'll be able to get back there in the fall well reese that's kind of an interesting perspective and it makes me think if you're taking another step back you're coming to a place with no lacrosse culture or infrastructure i mean you can go into any sporting goods store in the country and I highly doubt that you can ever find a lacrosse stick or a ball or equipment there. Kids who have no knowledge of the sport. I mean, both of you come from areas that are very, very much lacrosse hotbeds. I mean, especially coming from Maryland as you do, which is really, you know, some of the leading um, lacrosse collegiate programs in the country or in Maryland. Everybody plays lacrosse growing up. And here you come to a place where you really have to start from scratch. And I'm wondering, not just personally, but even lacrosse-wise, whether there's a sense that you, know, you really did have it, have it good where you did not have to start from scratch. Everybody around you was playing lacrosse before you even started to play, probably. Yeah, I just think that coming here, that it adds that adds another layer to the sport and especially being a part of growing the game. Like kids are excited to learn a new sport. Kids are excited to be playing something different like lacrosse and not playing 
soccer like everybody else does. And I think that if you look at it one way, yeah, like somewhat it kind of takes away from it because nobody knows what it is and not everybody grows up playing it. But at the same time, I think it adds a unique element as well. Yeah, there is that sort of niche, sort of doing something a little bit different than basketball, tennis, soccer that all the other kids are probably doing, right? Right. Well, how do you see it, um, Ryan? Yeah, I'd say it's very similar. I mean, starting anything from the ground up isn't easy. And I think the foundation of lacrosse has laid in Israel has been amazing over the past few years. Um, and yeah, coming from a town where practically all my friends played lacrosse from kindergarten to now, um, it is different, but it also shines another light on the sport. And it honestly was beyond, it went beyond lacrosse. It went to having kids enjoy a new sport, having kids have fun, like seeing all those little kids smile. And it was like the best part of their day was what made is the reason why I wanted to go, the reason why I love coaching and playing. Um, but I'd say, yeah, starting anything new is not is a challenge, but that's what kind of makes it fun and enjoyable and you can kind of do it in your own way. On the, on the cultural and also scholastic side, first of all, how did you keep up with your school schedule back in the United States? And what, what did you learn academically here that maybe you would not have learned by being on campus? I mean, did you learn Hebrew, for example, while you're in Israel? Yeah, so I um, still took classes virtually. So I had asynchronous um, classes, meaning they didn't, they weren't meeting on Zoom. I'd have one class a week that I was able to, to attend um, with the time difference. Um, so that, that really wasn't a struggle. I mean, I, I kept my work, we had enough time during the day to, to get schoolwork done. Um, and then, yeah, we, we did weekly Hebrew lessons um, for, I'd say, two hours a day, or two hours, one of the days during the week. Um, and then also towards the end of, of the gap year, um, we met in kind of like major focused study groups with uh, different people across the lacrosse, just learning about whether it was budgeting or fundraising or stuff like that. I think I was in the, I was in the finance track. So we talked with David Lasday, um, who kind of talks about the business side of his lacrosse and running a tournament and what it was like um, for them to run the, the men's national games in Netanya. Um, so kind of just learning stuff like that. But I'd say the biggest learning thing was, was the Hebrew. Um, beyond what I would ever learn at college in the United States. Yeah, I wasn't taking any online classes, but like Ryan said, we did have those Hebrew classes and I was able to work on a couple projects with Scott Neese, um, who's CEO. He started Israel Lacrosse. But other than that, I tried to keep my brain engaged by reading in my spare time. And otherwise, um, hopefully my brain will turn back on when I return to Smith in the fall. I wanted to conclude by really asking both of you how you think you've grown through this experience. I think that it's taught me a lot. I'd say first and foremost, it's taught me like be thankful for my family because I definitely miss them having been over here for months on end. Um, but I think mostly it's taught me to take everything day by day each day is different and practices aren't always easy, like I said, but some days they're really good. And I think all of the gap year participants came here for different reasons, reasons, seeking different things. And for me, like it's always been about fun. Like I, 
I want to get better as a lacrosse player for sure. I want to be a better athlete. Of course, I want to be a better person. But at the end of the day, if I'm not having fun, like there's no point in it for me. And so I think just holding that close and like trying to carry that with me and everything I do is like just do what I want to do and like enjoy it and have fun. That's like definitely my biggest takeaway. And, and as I touched on before, sort of reminding myself not to take things for granted, but at the same time, when a pandemic hits, knowing that like there is some light that could possibly come out of it. I think Reese hit the nail on the head. Um, for me, lacrosse wise, and just personally, um, it was a great opportunity to mature and get out of my comfort zone um, and do something that I was never even thought I was going to do. Um, and beyond lacrosse, I mean, I still, five days a week, I had a stick in my hands. I was working hard. Um, we were all working hard, trying to get better lacrosse. There was, like we said, there was different levels of athletes for for lacrosse wise. There were people who maybe weren't even playing in college, people who just love lacrosse, people who were out of college and still playing, people who were still in college and going, whatever it was. Um, the different levels of lacrosse were, were obviously present, um, but I think that added to the experience even more. Um, and also, again, like I, I said before, for me, it was a huge uh, insight of my Jewish identity and just like embracing that and, and um, like what it means to be Jewish and what it, what Israel um, means to, to me and, and, and stuff like that. Well, Reese Gittleman and Ryan Fitzpatrick, thank you very much for speaking with me on Hillel Cutler's ABC's Athletics Beyond Coronavirus. Let's hope that we can all put coronavirus behind us really soon. And I wish you good health going forward. Thank you. You too. Appreciate you having us. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it.